everybody, and um, thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of the Robin Report, uh, which, by the way, is, we believe, much more than a daily report. Uh, it really is a knowledge platform. We, um, we connect the dots strategically. Uh, we point out major issues in the industry, how major retailers and brands are reacting to them. And it, it, it's all about, you know, what, what's happening, why is it important, and how is it going to affect the business of the uh, companies we're, we're writing about and talking about. Anyway, so we're a platform and, uh, from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics through the daily reports, but also these podcasts and we have webinars and hopefully in the future live events. So along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, also by the way, a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our conversation on the topic of why unions and why a potential resurgence of them. So Shelley, I thought I'd lead off with a, a very brief context, uh, which I think will pr provide a guideline for our discussion. Um, the first recorded uh, union, by the way, in the, in the United States was in 1794 in Philadelphia, a shoemaker's union. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> make a lot of shoes down there anyway, but, but the real growth in unions, as you know, began in the late 1800s, early 19th century you know, around the uh, industrial, industrial revolution, you know, there was the AFL-CIO, uh, Teamsters Union, United Auto Workers, which is a big one, yeah. and, and others. Um, and simply uh, the reason for unions long at that time, and, and Shelley, this will be important, be an important part of our discussion. <clears throat> the reason, uh, they were created um, was to help the workers with uh, work-related difficulties, such as low pay, unsafe or unsanitary working conditions, long hours, and you know other situations, which of course all seemed like a great idea, particularly during that time when, when the country was really ramping up from the Industrial Revolution. But on the flip side, um, workers often had problems with their bosses as a result of their membership in the unions. And um, so during the uh, 1977 to the 1997 period, there was a big decline in labor unions, uh, share of workers, it, in, the share in unions fell from 25% to 14% Wow. 1997. I mean, that's like, you know, 44% decline. In manufacturing, as you can imagine and know, uh, the fall was even greater. And that was down from 38% to 18%. Major reasons, uh, probably obvious, obviously increased competition especially international, and this was a big time in textile apparel and a whole slew of consumer goods, 
who outsource their manufacturing to the Far East and other countries. Also a decline in pro-union attitudes during that period. And finally, uh, there was a mounting pushback by management across all industries and for some very good reasons, because actually some of the unions became so strong that uh, they were abusive. I mean, one anecdotal thing was that, um, you know, the, the auto workers union out in Detroit, you know, if demand, consumer demand slowed for, let's say, um, Ford, the uh, Ford brand, uh, and, and they would slow down production, but the unions had negotiated a deal with their workers that they would pay them for a minimum number of hours per week. So <laughs> for a long time, on and off, some of these workers would just hang out in a, uh, you know, in an area where they sit down and have coffee, read the newspaper and so forth. So in effect, the unions were, Ford Motor Company was paying workers not to work. Anyway, so there are a lot of other stories like that. Anyway, Shelley, there seems to be a resurgence of union, unionization in a number of industries. And uh, broadly, we could you know, cite some general reasons. One being workers not wanting to go back to the same jobs <laughs> where they were when, of course, the pandemic really kind of forced them out of work or made it risky for them. Or uh, workers just wanting to land a better job since there is so much demand from a much smaller pool of unemployed workers. Who, by the way, may be still spending the money the government gave them during the pandemic, which as you know, was enormous fire hosing money out there to consumers and also to companies as well. Um, and then, um, you know, there are those companies like Amazon where their distribution center employees led by one guy <laughs> to form a union to negotiate better wages and working conditions has really become kind of a big deal. And of course, you got Starbucks out there and its unionization attempts and its CEO, Howard Schultz, uh, actually, was, was publicly quoted and ripping apart the very concept of unions. Anyway, we'll come back a little later to uh, those stories and others. But first, Shelley, can you kind of give us um, an update on this potential resurgence and what industries and, and why it's happening? Have you got some uh, numbers on all of that? Sure. And Robin, while there's some examples like Amazon and Starbucks and some others, and it would make it seem like there's a resurgence of unions or union representation, um, it's actually down in 2021 compared to prior years. So mm. when we look at 2020, 10.8% of all workers were in unions compared to in 2021, which was 10.3%. So the same rate pre-pandemic. So in 2019, mm. it was 10.3, went up to 10.8. Now it's back down to 10.3. Yeah. As a comparison, in 1983, that's really the first year that the Bureau of Labor Statistics began showing comparable data. The union rate was at 20.1%. Yeah. So 
union workers are less than half today than they were in 1983. Mm. But I also think it's important to kind of separate the public and private sectors. So oh, yeah. you and I, we're really talking about the private sector business, retail, wholesale trade, the public sector, including local government like firefighters, police, oh, yeah. teachers, they have a much higher union rate, which sits right around 34%. Wow. Yeah. The private sector only sits around, you know, 6% or 6.1%. So 20 years ago, the public sector was 37. It's now 34. So it's decreased a little bit. And the private sector's 6.2% in 2019, with the highest union representation in utilities, motion pictures, and transportation and warehousing. Got it. Got it, Shelley. Um, and, you know, and the distinction between private and public unions is important. I mean, um, you know, teachers, policemen, firefighters, and other public entities are necessary local and national services, right, for, for, right. for all of the United States and not driven by profitable growth, such as private right. companies. So, so you know, for, for private company XYZ, for example, continually raising profits and lowering costs is, you know, kind of baked in the cake as to what they do. So if management is, you know, suppressing wages or cutting costs in other ways that negatively affect the workers, then forming or being a member of a union gives the workers some relative strength to push back and gain higher wages, you know, or, or other benefits. Public unions are not as conflicted between leaders and workers because protecting and serving the citizenry is really the objective of both. So, but anyway, let's drill down a bit. Tell, tell us about the, um, the retail trades kind of you know, specifically. Sure. I mean, there's several industries that kind of represent what we would call our industry, retail, wholesale trade. And these are numbers that are workers that are represented by unions. One could be represented by a union, but not actually be in the union. So I chose to select um, workers represented by unions. So wholesale trade in 2000 was 6%. Now it's at 4.5%. The mm. retail trade was at 6.6%. Back in 2000, now it's 5%. Transportation and warehousing was at 27%. Now it's down to 18%. And food services and drinking places was at 1.9%. And now it's at 1.6%. But keep in yeah. mind that as workers are asking for more benefits, higher wages, when they vote for unionization, like, for example, the workers did in the Amazon warehouse or the REI store and at the very, I think there's 25 Starbucks stores. We actually aren't going to see those contracts come to fruition until at least a year or two from now. So once yeah. a vote, once a vote's ratified for workers and workers say they do want to be represented by a union, the real work actually begins, so to speak. So the contract has to be negotiated back and forth between the oh. union and the employer. And as you mentioned, unions will negotiate wage benefits and conditions of work but this has to be done by every class of worker so if amazon has an abundance of classifications which they do of workers the union has to negotiate every single class of workers so oh. it typically takes a normal union contract anywhere from 18 months to two years wow so here's what we do know this is the most interesting uh 
fact, I think, during the first six months of 2022, union representation petitions filed at the National Labor Relations Board has increased 57%. Oh boy, there you go. Okay. Yeah, so these are petitions filed. And the time period that we looked at was October 21 through March of 2022 compared to last year, 57%. So according to the National Labor Relations Board, you know, you file a uh, a petition, it's filed by employees, unions, or employers. And then the field office of the NLRB has to then determine if employees want to be represented by a union then they investigate the petitions. And if it's notorious, then it conducts an election to allow employees to decide whether or not they actually want to be represented by a union. Yeah, so, so, so there's a whole process here that takes a long time. So, right. So, Shelly, yeah. And I understand <laughs> the NL, NLRB is running out of money. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. Maybe it's because of the surge you just mentioned. They can't keep up. Yeah, right. So (laughs) the the general counsel of the NLRB, Jennifer Abruzzo, uh, said in its April April report that while our dedicated board agents continue to process petitions and conduct elections and investigate and prosecute statutory violations, and, for, and obtain remedies for victims of unfair, unfair labor practices, the uh, National Labor Relations Board needs a significant increase of funds to obviously fully effect, effectuate the mission of, of the agency. But, but Shelley, if, if it is because of the 57% increase in peti- petitions in the first six months of 2022, doesn't that indicate the beginning of a resurgence in unions and and why now? Yes, Robin. Yes, it does. That's exactly what I think is happening. More and more employees are becoming interested in unions. There was a Gallup poll of Americans so, uh, and it polled Americans approval of unions. So that establishes the percent of Americans who view labor unions favorably. And this rate has gone up from 48% in 2009 to 68% in 2021. There you go. Okay. So the last time this many Americans viewed unions positively was 1965. Wow. Union membership rate in the United States was near an all-time high then as well. So workers are really turning to unions to have more of a voice on wages, benefits, conditions of work. Yep. The other interesting part is that there's there's this higher educated worker in lower paying jobs. So you have college educated workers who feel compelled to stand up and they feel responsible to take action to support those who cannot fail fairly represent themselves. So my, my son is a Gen Z and he made a speech in front of 100 people. This was back in seventh grade. He wrote wow. this speech himself <laughs> and one major point of his speech which he like i said he wrote it himself he wanted to help others by speaking up for those who cannot stand up for themselves this was really important to him now mind you he was in middle school and get this robin he is a motivational hype dancer i'll explain that later but 
he's very comfortable, you know, standing up and speaking in front of other people. But these younger generations, these Gen Z and alphas, they really want to help others stand up for themselves. You know, Shelley, the example of your son and his confidence and desire to help, you know, those who are challenged, it really kind of confirms something I've been theorizing uh, that the millennials and Gen Zs, let's face it, they inherited a messy world and now only they can save it. Um, well, your son and many others I have come to know, you know, it really confirms my hope uh, that they can do it. Uh, but but that's, a, that's a whole nother story. So, but your point on well-educated workers helping those who are more challenged, I read in the New York Times article that one of the Amazon organizers had a PhD in public policy. It blew my mind. Wow. Anyway, and she helped to translate union organizing text messages to Arabic and French. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe it. Well, the organizer in the REI store in Manhattan was a college grad also. So the support of labor yeah. unions of among college graduates specifically increased 55% in the late 90s to 70% in the last few years. This also according to the Gallup data and was mentioned in that same New York Times article. Yeah, you know, so Shelley, here's another indication that uh, we may be on the edge of a resurgence. And I really do believe uh, <clears throat> this kind of altruistic mission of young, well-educated people. I really do believe in it. Yeah, I do too. Here's something interesting I also found in the data when I was looking at it. Most industries, and I looked through all the different industries, they had an increase in union representation in 2008 and 2009. So this was following the 2007, as you remember, Robin, housing prices went up, homeowners yep. couldn't sell their house, afford payments, red, led to the Great Recession, global financial crisis, an economic downturn. So as we continue to hear not only analysts, but CEOs talking about the possibility of a recession on its way in the oh, US yeah. market, yep. it'll be interesting to see if union representation picks up. It makes sense workers feel more squeezed with wages and are looking for probably more stable work. Yeah, you know, the, the, the great recession, as we call it now, had an impact on the number of college grads uh, getting jobs in the workforce. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, college educated workers, uh, a tight labor market and a possible recession all really may give rise to more union activity in the private sector, of course, uh, especially in service and warehouse jobs where workers may feel totally underappreciated or unsafe, really. Yeah, and the pandemic has certainly impacted how workers feel they should be treated. And there is a growing concern over workplace safety and employees' own well-being. Shelley, you know, I believe it will only grow more so, especially if we enter a recession. I do believe, though, recession aside, I believe a new normal type of union, nothing like the way it used to be, I believe this new normal type union will be architected, you know, by college graduates and people like your son who will be creating a whole new normal world 
with aspirational unions or I don't know, I mean, Pollyanna, <laughs> not me. Any other <laughs> comments, Shelley? Well, uh, the only thing I would say is um, at the end of the day, in the words of my great friend and colleague, Bert Kamen, who we actually had on our podcast, Mr. Smalls yeah. is now Mr. Big, he's resurrecting unions, simply said, my friend Kamen said, happy workers don't unionize. So you said it in your opener, low wages, lack of promotions, benefits that don't demonstrate a commitment to workers, unsafe conditions. All of these things are certainly gonna incite more union activity. Yep. So for- and By the way, Shelley, by the way, Mr. Smalls, for those who don't remember, was uh, the Amazon employee who started the whole union thing over there. And that's when he said, Mr. Smalls is now Mr. Big. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, for our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. Look for us on YouTube where we broadcast our podcast as well. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to thank everybody once again so much for being with us today. As I mentioned every week, um, if any of you have some topics that you would like Shelly and I to cover, just send me an email at uh, robin at therobinreport.com. Thanks once again. <laughs>